0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Matthew Embry Bradshaw. I am the POTUS of 2020. I am the candidate that's gonna defeat Donald Trump. And I am your voice, you just may not know it yet. What I'd like to talk to you today is in um, response to the revolt summit that had Killer Mike, Candace Owens, Steven, Katrina, and Tamika. I don't know most of these people. I've heard of Killer Mike, I've heard of Candace Owens. I don't really, have never heard of the other people. But to be fair, I haven't heard of most people. I've spent the last several years of my life just living wherever God has put me focused on what I'm doing right now. Focused on where I'm at and who I need to speak to and minister to depending on where I am. and. I haven't really followed movies, or I've seen some TV shows, things like that. I've been focused on trying to make it to this moment. So I wanna talk about, I mean, I haven't done any preparation on this. This is just gonna be like normal, train of thought. I watched it, and to me, this summit was about, The issues, like Killer Mike said, this is a list of stuff that we need you to address. And since I'm running for president, I take that personally as if he's talking to me, saying, Matthew, Embry, Bradshaw, what do you say about these things? Let us know so that the black community can know whether or not we want to get behind you. So I'm going to go through in the same order that they did that I took notes on. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. If I did, please don't get offended. Couldn't find any paper. I was using mail and a permanent marker. Alright, first. They went through and they asked every one of them to say the one thing that was on their mind that was the most important thing affecting us today. So I'm just going to go through that list little bit by little bit. And tell you what I think about it and tell you where my solutions line up with these issues. All right, this talking about, the first guy said something about young people, intersection of climate change and technology. There's a lot of jobs gonna be lost to technology. And in order for this to benefit the American people, we have to create legislation that says, hey, if you have a company in America and see this is where honestly the american dividend works out because then we don't have to worry about whether or not these jobs are lost and we become more efficient as a nation Because if you go listen to my podcast on the American Dividend, or you go to my website and read about the American Dividend, the fear of these jobs being lost to technology is the fear of no longer having a job. Is the fear of no longer having a way to profit and make money for our families to ensure that we can pay our rent, have transportation, buy food and clothing, and take care of our families. Or just take care of yourself. So... The way I solve the fear of the intersection of the technology taking away jobs is I'm creating this universal basic income that is called the freedom dividend. And the way it works and the way it is supplied and the whole purpose of it is to eradicate and eliminate poverty and homelessness and prevent it from ever having a stronghold in anyone's life ever again. And as long as This type of thing is still in place. After I'm president, I can't do nothing about it. Y'all got to hold on to it. Then this will solve the problem. And the issue will be greatly reduced, if not completely eliminated. And that's the goal here. So, as businesses begin to make more and more profit because they're not having to pay the labor of the American citizen, and that displaces the worker you fall back on this American dividend. The American dividend is a portion of the prosperity and profits in this nation. And the way that we do that in a fair way is we say, as long as there's poverty, as long as there's homelessness, we are going to tax the the rich. The more you make, only while there is poverty and homelessness, the more you'll pay in taxes on the top end of things. So go to my website, find out about that because that's basically saying that we're gonna give you a dividend and then up to twice of that dividend you can make with a job and have regular tax and then everything above that, you're gonna be taxed at 3.33% until every year you have paid the total back. And I believe my original calculations said that like somewhere around $180,000 is gonna be the point at which you have paid back 100% of the dividend. Above that, between $180,000 all the way to a million, there's no additional tax, okay? This is where we have helped you flourish You have given back what we've helped you to flourish with, but it's still put into your bank account every time in case of an emergency, in case you lose your job, in case you get sick, in case you can't work, in case your job is replaced by a robot. You immediately can fall back on that. So if you budget properly and you look at that money and you see that as your safety net, you say I'm never gonna live above my means and as long as I don't live above these means, I'll always be okay and able to provide for me and my children. So where we go from there is once you reach a million dollars, we're asking of the American people, every millionaire in the country, once you have reached a million dollars in income in that year, you pay an additional 3.33%, we call it the poverty or stranger tax, and it's going to go towards those who need help. You might not know the people that need it, they might be a stranger to you, but they're an American citizen and they're going to help you. You're going to help them because you're a millionaire. And let's say, well, I didn't need your help to become a millionaire. That's true. But you are the benefit of those who have worked and labored at low wages and poverty wages, and we're changing that, so we're not listening to that argument anymore. Because what's happened is we've allowed the people who are rich to maintain their richness without giving one bit of care to those who are suffering. And we have allowed tax credits. We've allowed tax cuts that give the rich paying like 4% while people other are 30 or more. While the middle class and lower class and the poor are paying much higher taxes. So we're going to balance the playing field of no more than 20% taxes. This is going to and we're going to instill this this dividend, this American dividend. And it's, and so as the technology makes the billionaires more, more money, more money is put into the system and that's how we make up for it and that's how the American people get secure even in an insecure time. That's how people have income even when their income is taken away from them. So look on my website to know more about that. And that brings me to the next point. Some people talking about socialism. Socialism can be the most destructive thing on earth. And what I've noticed in my observation of history is that socialism always fails when corruption is present. And I'm not really for socialism. Some of my ideas and solutions might be socialistic in their format because you could put a label on it saying so. But I did not study socialism to get where I stand on this I studied what is right and how can we do it how can we do what the Bible says to do and make sure that nobody is without how can we do that how can I do that legislatively without infringing upon your rights and without doing something that's unfair to you and what we have to do is we have to, once we give this American dividend this is going to fix the foundation of America. So before we put concentration into black communities, Asian communities, Indian communities, whatever communities, until before that is our focus, the specific community, first we put out this dividend. And we watch as that allows the communities to rise on their own. If I start giving you $2,650 in an American dividend to everybody over 18 plus $900 to the parents, 450 of that has to be split with the child once they reach the age which they can drive. That means that money is now gonna go to that child where before it was entrusted into the parents. And once that child is either on their own, emancipated, 18, or driving, or whatever the criteria ends up being, That we say, this is a fair time when this child needs responsibility. Because you never know, there might be some parents out there that are taking the money and using it for nothing and letting their children suffer. Okay, that ain't fair. We're here to lift people up. And I want somebody, right before they become on their own, which some kids are on their own at 13, 14, 12, 10, less. Before they get on their own, I want them to have a foundation underneath them so that when they become of age the adult age and they begin to receive this American dividend if they don't if they want to start their own business in their community whatever that community is I really want to get away from all color. I really just want to be Americans. And that I think balances the playing field. You know, I grew up as a poor white poor white boy. Never had a whole lot at different times when I lived, my parents were divorced when I was three, so depending on who I was living with, my mom, my dad, aunts and uncles, family members, grandma, whatever, depending on what type of atmosphere I grew up in, depending on what I was exposed to, you know? Was I, (laughs) was I living in a trailer park? Was I living in a suburb? Was I living in the country? Was I living in a city? Did I live with air conditioning and and clean clothes and, and vacuum cleaners where the floors are clean and the dishes are always clean and everything's put up? Or did I stay and live in places that were flea infested and mosquito infested and mouse and rat infested? And things piled up because you couldn't afford to do things. You didn't have the money to pay the water bill. So you took a five minute shower real quick versus a 30 minute shower and really enjoy that water running over your body and getting clean and getting thoroughly clean and actually taking the time to be able to get clean. Pay attention to your toes and scrub your head and something like that. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference in the way people grow up because of the opportunities in their communities. And when we give out this American dividend, the black communities, the Hispanic, White, Asian, it doesn't matter what you what what you want to label yourself as. If you are an American, you get this dividend, and then that will empower you to rise. And then you that is my way of immediately investing into every community in the United States and doing it in the most fair and balanced way that I can think of. Secondly, I'm gonna pardon every crime that I can. Every crime that is unjust, I'm gonna pardon. And that's gonna send fathers home. That's gonna send the men who have the, the, the information in their minds of how to do things, the skills, the knowledge, the wisdom because they've lived longer and they can impart that into children they can tell them to do what's right and to handle things this way instead of that way when we return the fathers to America and I'm talking about fathers of every race we are the human race and we are Americans and when we we bring back the family to the families that right there is going to make change. And then we empower that family member along with everybody else to get on your feet. Stay on your feet and don't worry because you're an American and there's billions and trillions and trillions of dollars made in profit in America. I'm gonna make sure that you get the American dividend. And the more prosperous we become, the bigger the American dividend will become. Now remember, the wealth taxes that I'm proposing are only for when there is, or at least certain tiers of it, are only when there is poverty and unemployment. And, you know, they talk about opportunity zones and things like that. Well, we only need those opportunity zones because people are poor. If people had their own money, they can create their own opportunity. You can find opportunity. If you give somebody resources, they can find something to apply them resources to. But as soon as you take away the breadwinner, as soon as you apply depression to a wife and a child because their father, their brother, their cousin, uncle is now in jail because of crimes that should never be crimes, you instill fear in the people. Try to rise and see what happens. Try to live and pursue happiness and see how difficult we're going to make it for you. I've seen it with my own eyes so don't tell me it's not there my life has been all over the place and I thank God for it because what it has done is it has allowed me more experience than if I had just been stuck in a happy little white suburb alright let's see what's this say Sometimes I, I scribble down because home something, gun control, mass incarceration, police brutality. What does that say? All right, I, I'm sorry if I, I'm, I'm missing this one. Um, but talk about gun control. I'll be honest with you. I'm not for the gun control most people like. I have no problem with you having to take a background check. I have no problem with you being denied a gun if you have repeatedly showed that you are not mentally stable enough to handle something that can cost someone life or death. But you have to show me that. I'm not just gonna assume that because you got angry at somebody at work and so you had to take an anger management class And so now you got this on your record, so now maybe you shouldn't have a gun. I don't think so. People get angry. Jesus got angry. Jesus got angry. It's called righteous anger, and sometimes there is righteous anger, and that righteous anger should never be able to be used against somebody to take away their right to bear arms. And that's where I stand on it. It is the Constitution. People have the right to bear arms. And I will always support the Second Amendment, and I will always support the right to bear arms you know there is certain legislation that says if a police officer comes to my house and I open my door and he puts his hand on his gun that I have the right to shoot that cop dead because how do I know he wasn't going to draw on me that's what the cops say oh I saw him reaching for something he was putting his hands in his pocket he was going to grab something so I shot him I shot him dead he decided he wanted to maybe possibly try to pull a $20 bill over somebody and give somebody a $20 bill counterfeit $20 bill well guess what if he had this American dividend if he hadn't been in a situation where his life was crap To where he had in in his past issues that caused him to be a repeating criminal. Somebody better start having compassion on people who ain't perfect. Somebody better start having compassion on people who fail. Some people better start having compassion on people who are weak. And I'm that man. Now, you have to do what is right, what is just at all times. God said so. Live justly. But then he said to love mercy. Mass incarceration? I just told you. I'm going to pardon every cannabis crime. Maybe I didn't say that. I said every crime that shouldn't be a crime. But for the purpose of this recording, let it be known. Every cannabis crime. I do not care if you were selling it. If you were growing it. If you were smoking it. If you were carrying it. Cannabis. Unless, I will say this. I'll draw the line. I do not want to authorize the non-parental or guardianship approval of the application of cannabis to children. Because that will fall underneath the responsible adult use of anything which I am for the responsible adult use of anything. I am for the responsible adult ownership of anything. So, If a responsible adult, the mother, who is responsible, the father, who is responsible for the outcome of that child, says my child needs cannabis, fine. Sign a piece of paper saying that my child needs cannabis and I'm taking responsibility. Boom. Done. Then use it responsibly. Give it to your kids. You know, I would much rather people take cannabis in any form and grow their own medicine than to be... Chained to pharmaceuticals, chained to opiates, chained to another tax upon the American people. You see, when I tell you that you have to have this in order to stay alive, when I tell you that your blood pressure is this and your this is this, and I don't go to the root of it, I just say, here, let me let me take care of the symptoms. So you can be a comfort and it'll make you last longer and you're less likely to have a heart attack. And if you don't conform and bow, your life is not gonna be what you want it to be or as long as you want it to be. And then you say, well, how how much is this gonna cost? Pharmaceutical tax, that's how much it's gonna cost. It's gonna cost whatever the pharmaceutical company decides. It's gonna cost whatever your insurance company decides. It's gonna cost whatever the level of mercy and compassion of the leadership decides. So not only am I gonna push for the growth, the manufacturing, the studies, Everything you can in this country where we can make natural, holistic medicines that we can provide to the American people so that the health can be grown in your own backyard. You see, people talk about how are we going to pay for health care? You know, how many people die disproportionately because of color? How many people die, period, just because of our health care system and the profiteering of the insurance companies? Well, one way we pay for it is by reducing the need for it. When you reduce the need for it, because we come against the companies like Monsanto, we come against the companies that make Roundup, we come against the companies that subsidize poison being placed into everything you eat, having the systematic degradation of our internals, Which creates a systematic dependency upon a master. And that master is drugs. That master is the pharmaceutical company. Marijuana is not a drug. The stuff in the coca plant is not a drug. Heroin in its pure form from the poppy plant is not a drug. It is sustenance that God gave us for a purpose and he expected us to use our knowledge and wisdom so that we could use it appropriately and in a way that would not cause us to become addicted and riotous but would cause us to be able to use it for our sustaining health. So amongst legalizing the res- adult, responsible adult use of anything and everything I am going to pardon All those crimes that have used those plants who God said I give it unto you and it's good. I'm letting them out. Mass incarceration. Prisons for profit will not be they will not be stable under my administration because I'm coming after them. Because I'm going to set people free. I'm going to take away funding for anything, for any police force that wants to incarcerate people, for drugs that should not be a drug. It should be considered a plant, it should be considered a nutrient, it should be considered health. And a way to health. So I'm gonna take away the funding to prosecute and arrest marijuana crimes and other things like it. And I'm gonna give a presidential pardon. So they're going to have to let you go because I gave you a presidential pardon. They're going to be incentivized to let you go because it's no longer profitable. Military police and brutality. I would like, if it's possible, to restructure our police to where they are the most upstanding Citizens that live within a community. Instead of having police officers from this state and that state going to another state, and you basically bring a bunch of bullies in who are good at being bullies and are good at being racist and are good at shutting off their bowels of compassion towards the situation and the person, Man, if I was a cop and I got called in to somebody gave a counterfeit $20 bill and I was going to go there, and I was going to be like, look, man, these person just called me in here. They said you gave a $20 bill that wasn't real. How come you ain't got 20 bucks? Well, man, I just, I can't get a job. I'm a felon. I've been to jail nine times, man. I can't make no money. It's hard to make any money. I can't qualify for anything because of my record. You know, I've been an angry person since I was a kid. I can't keep a job. I can't da 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 Whatever the case may be that you ain't got no money, and I'll be like, listen, man. I'm sure as heck not gonna stick my knee on your throat for eight and a half minutes while you die. I'm gonna say, Hey President Bradshaw's doing some things. He's gonna make this possible. Here's here, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go cover your tab this time. Don't do that again. If you knew it was counterfeit, don't do it again. Because change is coming. Change is coming. You hear me? Change is coming. Hope is coming. And I'm not trying to be some white knight. I'm only trying to be the servant leader that God has called me to be. In 2011, he called me. In the middle of the night. And told me this is what I'm going to do. And I said, Lord, if you approve it, I'll give you my life no matter what it costs me. And I'll serve the American people. First, I objected and said, I want nothing to do with this. I have no interest in politics. I have no interest in trying to do the impossible. I'll vote. But God said, this is what he's called me to do. So here I am. All of this will change the economic landscape. All of this will empower inequalities. All of this will help you to rise up and create within yourself and within your community, within your home, states, sustainability. If you give people who are suffering and they know the things that they lack, and you tell them, hey man, I'm going to give you a one-time gift of 1200 bucks, Well shit, we're gonna party on $1,200. Cause that's all we're gonna get and then life's back to normal. Forgive me for cussing if that offends you. Otherwise, roll it off. But when you give people and you hold people up and you say, hey, I'm gonna allow you to dream And I'm going to give you the resources to build that dream. If you live frugally, you can take all these dollars and build you something for you, for your family. Build up your community. Increase the potential of the economic landscape in your community, in your own life. Get you a better car. Be able to afford to pay for hot showers and clean water to wash your clothes. So that you can go to an interview with clean, good clothes that aren't wore out because you can afford them. And it ain't a, a decision of, well, man, I'd really like to get a new outfit this month, but if I do, I'm going to be eating ramen noodles for three or four days. You know, I can buy that new shirt and that new pair of pants or or I can eat a little better because this is that's all that's coming in. It's it's going to be here. You know, people on food stamps live on 50 bucks a week. Tops. If you ain't got nothing else in that, because you can't do nothing else in that, that's your economic landscape. So the freedom, sorry, the American dividend gives you the ability to be sustainable. Gives you the ability the empowerment to create a sustainable infrastructure for yourself. You know, this nation has had leader after leader after leader who have done some good, but compromised in big ways. Some people are afraid that immigration in the census is unbalanced I think it might have been Candace that brought this point up she said that black people were going to lose their political power because they are being disproportionately illegally immigrated and counted on the status of the census I don't buy into that I understand where you're coming from, Candace, but I don't buy into that, and here's why. If the people rise up as Americans, if we hold hands in unity as Americans, and we put the rose-colored glasses on, and we all look at one another as one blood, the percentage of population becomes irrelevant. Because now, I've got more people in my army fighting for what's right, as long as I don't alienate you and discriminate against you and make you feel that you are not part of the American family, of the American people. And that's what I want I want us to look upon all races because we are one race the human race we are the ones who look at each other and say man I don't like the way that guy looks I don't like their hair I don't like the shape of their eyes I don't like how tall they are I don't like how short they are I don't like how bright white their skin is I don't like them little red freckles on their face I think it's weird that this or that is different from me. So let me find some reason to justify segregating and discriminating because of that. Throw it away. You're an American. I'm an American. You're my brother. You're my sister. When Jesus was talking to his disciples and hanging out with some people, they're like, hey, man, his mom and his brother came to the house. They're like, hey, man, is Jesus in there? And they're like, yeah, let me go get him. I'm adding a little missing spaces, but this is what happened. Then they say, hey, Jesus, your mom and your bro's outside. They want to talk to you. And Jesus said, because remember, he says pay no respect as a person. He said, look around you. These are my brothers. These are my sisters. These are my. This is my mother. We must love one another. God gave us the two greatest commandments. Number one, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Know who your creator is. Know who the supreme authority is. Find him. Call out to him. Meet him and know him. And then love him. Because he first loved you. Secondly, transfer that love into your body and love your neighbor with it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do good unto those who hurt you. Bless those who curse you. You see, if anybody's lived around and had enough people cycle through their life, you're going to know that people who are angry and bitter, something happened to them. Have some mercy, have some compassion, show some love, and watch the change take place. So I don't want people thinking, hey, we're going to lose political power because we don't have representation because our percentage of black people in America used to be 15%. Now it's only 13.4. In a Bradshaw administration, those numbers don't matter. In a Bradshaw administration, you have rights because you're an American, not because of the color of your skin. And I will protect your rights. To protect your rights, carry a gun. Defend yourself and your loved ones. Vote. Unless you have committed treason, I will protect your right to vote. And this is what I'm going to tell them. Look, man. Legislation? Well, here's what we got to do. We don't got to try to bend the will of the current legislation. What we got to do is get the legislation in that lets us vote the will of the people. Then the will that we want to bend, that we feel like needs to bend, that has to go, is gone. And all we did is vote them out. It's easier that way. That's a great thing about our forefathers. They gave us a way to eradicate corruption as soon as we were sick of trading freedoms and security. Now we can rise up and vote out the corruption. Because when you trade that for convenience, trade it for making things easier, you lose your liberties. All right. This is saying, I don't remember who said this, but they said white supremacy is normalized and winning. I don't feel that way. Not under my administration. Because here's the thing. Even the devil, when he turns against his own house, his kingdom is going to fall. And when you have a political head who is turning against... The members of the House, like Trump did in this coronavirus, when he had the ability to take trillions of dollars and place it directly into the hands of the American people, the small business owner, the entrepreneur, the waitress, the Uber driver directly into the hands of the citizens so that they could stay safely at home, shelter in place. Instead of doing that, he gave it to big corporations. He gave it to his buddies. He gave it to his cronies. I said from the moment he got elected, from the really before, the moment he began running, I said if Trump wins, he's going to line his pockets and all his cronies' pockets. That's what he's doing. Every now and then, he's like, hey, here's a bone to chew on here's a little bone don't pay attention to this purse of gold I'm passing over here to this corrupt deal we're making alright the other thing they mentioned something about trap the vote but back to white supremacy I'm not a white supremacist if you can't tell that by now I don't know what you think I love God I believe we are all one blood. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what you look like. You are my brother, you are my sister, even if you don't receive me as my brother and my sister. God said we're of one blood. God said to love you as I love myself. God said as your leader, I've gotta solve your problems. As your servant leader, I will serve you in the power of the most executive office with the executive pen, writing legislation that brings you freedom, that brings you liberty, that brings you out of prosperity, I mean, out of poverty and out of homelessness, that makes a way for you to dream and then empowers you to dream and fulfill that dream. All right. I already covered this one. But this is also in the notes in the order that the thing talked about. Marijuana legalization. I think it might even have been Mike. that said he was talking to some city, maybe city of Atlanta, that said if y'all don't get behind marijuana legalization so that it can't be used against my people, I'm not voting for you. Well, I'm not legalizing marijuana so you get my vote. I'm legalizing marijuana because God gave it to us. And anything that God gave to us, I don't have a right, you don't have a right, no one has a right to take it away. And if you do take it away, you are in violation against the supreme authority, and you can call it karma, but God says you reap what you sow. And when you start oppressing people, you're going to be oppressed, and it's time to oppress the corrupt. Inner city schools. The first thing we have to do is empower the people and get them out of poverty and then the schools, people will have the money. The money will be within those communities, will be in every community, change will take place. So remember, the American Dividend is my first step and then getting people out of jail and taking the injustice and writing it and then giving them a money in the amount of the American Dividend that they were incarcerated. Just put it in a bank account. And as long as you leave it in that bank account, it can be used two ways. Let's say you're going into an area that the Bradshaw legislations and freedoms have not come to that area, and you know as soon as I let you out, you're gonna go right back, and until change happens, you're gonna be incarcerated again. And I'm have to pardon you again. Because the legislators that are currently legislating are corrupt, and refuse to bend to the will of the people. It might take us a second, but we're gonna get it done. And in the meantime, If they put you back in jail for a year, you can, that money is worth days in jail. You get a year's worth, if you were in there for a year unjustly, you're gonna get a year's worth of UBI put into a bank account. And as long as it stays in that bank account, you can trade that for future, sorry, future unfair convictions against you. So if you get put in jail for 30 days for something, you can just be like, Bloop, I already served this time. I'm out. Time served. And it'll take about X amount of money out of that. Based on per day, however much time you had to do. As long as it's something that's unjust and it's something that has to do with marijuana, something that has to do with something that I'm telling you is unjust. And you can, here's the thing, guys. So many people, you can't trust a man who's going to lead you because you don't know what his heart is. You don't know where he stands. You don't know who he bows to. You don't know who he submits to. Well, I'm telling you, I submit to God, and where I stand is for you. Where I stand is God gave you choice and I want you to have choice. Where I stand is God gave you medicine and food and I'm going to give you the right to grow it and I'm going to give you the right to raise it and I'm going to give you the right to eat it. You want to drink raw milk? Raise your cow. Drink raw milk. Sell it to your neighbors. As long as they know it's raw milk and they know where it came from, that's up to them. You know, a long time ago when people didn't have grocery stores, they didn't have the FDA, that was what they did. Well, Johnny Doodad down here, makes really good butter. Every time I get milk from Susie Q over here, I get sick. The market takes care of its place. People put out a good product and we empower people to make their own products. I wanna empower you to have your own dairy cow and a little garage in the backyard with a little milker if you want. So you ain't gotta go to the store and buy milk no more. There's just no reason that we cannot empower people to be sustainable. There's no reason. And when we do, the inner city schools, the inner cities, the most dangerous, downtrodden, broken parts of America are gonna be able to be rebuilt. Because I'm telling you, when you give people resources in the long term, they eventually choose to make things better. Because they get hope that you know what, I can dream and I can achieve that dream. So I'm going to go for that dream. You know, this nation has destroyed the family. You know what I want to do instead of giving in people... and sit, First of all, I want to address this because I am a minister. And I want to address this from a moral standpoint. Somebody on there said that there's a welfare incentive, and I know this is true, for women not to marry. And what that means is like, if, if I got an extra guy, now I gotta, I can't take care of my kids, the numbers change, and the assistance that I need to take care of my kids is gonna change, because now I married them and there's another person in my household that maybe, maybe offsets my income enough but it ain't enough to make up for what it offset so there's this incentive for women not to marry their, hus- their, their their men well we gotta change that right off the bat and that's what this dividend does that's what this American dividend does it changes that incentive and throws it out the window I'm gonna marry my husband and my wife whoever I'm gonna marry them now because guess what They're not going to take away my ability to to take care of my kids because I'm an American and I have an American dividend, which is a piece of the pie. It's a piece of the prosperity that the government has orchestrated for America to be prosperous. It comes from trade profit. It comes from the success of the very elite. And they're not even really elite. They just made a lot of money. So they're at the top. And when you've made it to the top as a president, I'm going to require you to give back to the bottom. You know, even a big giant tree that has fruit way up in its branches drops that fruit and it it brings nutrients to the ground. You got so much fruit you can't hang on to it on your branches. Drop it on the ground. Get it down to the roots. And that's what we're going to do. So this welfare incentive is gonna go away. This breakdown of the family is gonna go away. But this is the moral thing I wanna talk about. God said don't have sex outside of marriage to begin with. So the first thing you need to do, and if you can't hear this, don't hear it, but if you can, he who has the ears to hear, let him hear. You know, instead of, and I know some women hate this because it's, it's you know, it's, it's a metaphor, so, Take it. Before you give away the milk, you need to make sure that guy's got a farm so that he can buy you and put you on that farm. And so he ain't got the milk for free. Stop doing that. Do what's right. Submit to what God said to do, and that's to marry the man, marry the woman, and stop sinning. And then you won't reap The benefits of sin, which aren't benefits at all. Momentary benefits. Consequences. And then, don't be stuck in that because you already married him. Now that man says, you know what, that woman chose me. I have a responsibility. That man chose me. I have a responsibility to each other. And we have the American dividend, and I will empower you to be family again. I'll let your fathers and your brothers and your family out of jail, and I'm going to empower you to be family again. I'm coming against the degradation and the division of the family. I'm coming against that breakdown, and I'm going to empower families to be families. You know, you ain't going to have to kill your brothers that are a block over because you've got to fight for whose money is going to come to that corner. You ain't gonna have to fight for that no more. If you still wanna be part of a gang, that's your choice. But the motivation that it's the only way to succeed, it's the only unity that you have, is I'm gonna destroy that. Because I'm telling you, I'm your brother. And I'm your brother at the highest level. And I'm gonna make things right. I'm gonna bring balance. Don't look at my color. see me as another American. But one thing we do have to make sure that we do is we got to bring the fathers back to the homes. You know, the Bible says that there's going to come a time, and this is the generation that's happening, that he's going to draw the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Men are going to be sick and tired of not being fathers anymore and missing out on what it means to be a man. What it means to be that permanent partner That permanent head. That permanent influence into their children's lives. Into the path of their family. You know, most of the women that I've known that don't want to listen to a man is because every time they've listened and submitted to a man, a man has failed them because of their own selfish weaknesses. That's not always true. But think about this, if you're a black lady and you're in a place that is discriminated against and racism is rampant in the police and laws like illegal marijuana oppress your men and your men are more likely to be arrested and incarcerated than anything else, why wouldn't you wanna go with a white dude? Why wouldn't you wanna put your hope not in a man, a black man because you know you're going to lose him you know he's going to get killed it's just like people and I'm not saying this is for all of it but this is a mindset you know we need to bring stability back to the family we need to bring the ability for people to say you know what I'm going I'm to stand by you no matter what why don't people do that because it isn't easy if you tie yourself down to somebody who's struggling, somebody who's weaker, somebody who's more likely to be oppressed, you know, it's like getting into the car with somebody you know might commit a crime. Because that's the way they live, it's how they survive. They're a lifetime hustler because the legislation in this country and the oppression in this country has made them be a hustler. And if you don't understand that, click off. I'm not talking to you. Big Mike was talking about people saying who's got the who's got the better master. I'm running so that you don't have to be under the thumb of a master. I'm running so that hopefully when you see me get elected, you're gonna find out who God is because I'm gonna tell you. And then hopefully, he'll become your master. And then hopefully, regardless of whether or not he becomes your master, legislatively, I'm going to lead this nation to where you can decide for yourself the outcome of your life because I'm going to empower you to make that choice. Instead of saying, these are your only choices. I'm going to say, here's the resources, choose what you want to do with it. You know, Big Mike said, Killer Mike said, that there's always going to be a slave class in America. And that is what I'm fighting against. Don't believe that no more. Don't listen to that no more. Elect me. And I will fight for you to elect representatives in your area. I will fight to bring balance to your communities. I will fight to bring brand new books and resources to your schools. I will fight for you. Know that. I'm going to eradicate the slave class. I'm going to undo the 13th amendment or change it in some way. If we, if we can't get rid of it, then we're going to alter it. Or we'll make it We just need to get rid of it. Then I think somehow we need to make limitations on loans. As far as like how long you can enslave somebody in debt. Guys, my name is Matthew Embry Bradshaw. I'm not running so that you can have a better master I'm running so that you can be the master of your own life even though God said call no man master so I don't even call myself the master of anything and when anybody's ever said master I've said don't call me that because the Bible says call no man master we might even call this the no man master Master initiative and base it off the scripture. The Bible says, oh, no, man, nothing except to love him. Don't owe anybody anything except to love them. Because when you get in debt, it perverts. Motivation, it perverts justice. When you got your hands in somebody else's pocket you're going to go wherever they lead you so you can keep your hand in the pocket. Because if you don't follow them your hand comes out the pocket. What I'm trying to empower you to do is turn the pocket inside out and empty it on the ground as they walk away. I'm trying to give you the resources with the American Dividend giving you your people back my people back our people back letting people go. I'm going to let our people go. Let that resonate in your heart. Let that resonate in your mind. And tell people, Bradshaw is going to deliver us from the bondage that we are in. With God by my side empowering me, I am going to deliver you from the chains of oppression. I can't do this as a senator. I can't do this of any form of Congress, mayor. The only way to effect change is to get an uncompromising man of God who will not bend. And I love God and he is my God. He is my master. And I answer to him. You don't have to worry about me answering to you. Because I answer to him. You don't have to worry about me answering to a pharmaceutical company. Because I answer to him. You don't have to worry about me answering to any specific group or money holder. Because my hands are in the pocket of God. And what I see him doing... Is empty and he's done took his britches off and shaking his pants upside down. He's done opened up his wallet and said, I will provide all of your needs. Call no man master, seek ye first the kingdom, and these things will be added to you. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, and as we look upon this land, lean not upon our own understanding. We must, in every way that we go, legislation, morality, doing what's right because it's right, we must acknowledge him. And if you can't, that's okay right now. God is merciful, and he still calls your name. Know this. My name is Matthew Embry, E-M-B-R-Y, spell it, Matthew with two T's, Bradshaw. I will deliver our people. I will break the chains and I will set us free. I will bring equality to this nation. I will give you the ability to dream again and the ability to fulfill that dream I will defend and prop up our institutions that defend our liberty. And you will find me standing with you in everything that is right, in everything that is just, regardless of the color of your skin. Because all of us, as Jesus said, you are my brother, you are my sister, you are my mother. And he said, the greatest among you must be the servant of all. And that's what I'm asking you to do. Elect me so that I can be the servant of all. Remember my name. Exalt the name of Jesus above all. But then remember my name and speak it across your lips. Take it to your churches. Take it to your synagogues. Take it to your mosques and say, I might not believe in what he does when it comes to God, but this man is going to fight for me. He's going to fight for what's right because what's right is always right. And I stand upon that foundation. Thank you for tuning in. Go to the POTUS of 2020.com. You're going to be seeing me soon. I'm about to get out of here. I got a repair to do on the truck. I got a couple of other things to button this boat up so it don't fall off the trailer as I'm driving. And then I'm heading your way. And Lord willing, I'm gonna make it to every state in this union. Lord willing, I'm gonna be on every ballot that will allow me. And Lord willing, I will be your next president. I will be the leader that uncompromisingly represents you, whether you're black or white or Latino or Asian or polka dot, rich, poor it doesn't matter the legislation that i put forth is going to be to bring balance into your life i love you god is going to bless america and he's going to write some things through me because i'm going to stand with you and fight with you for liberty and justice for all my name is matthew Embry bradshaw i am the potus of 2020 call me if you want to numbers on the website potus out